Just so everyone is aware, I will say video cast sometimes because I actually have a YouTube channel. If you would like to check me out, it is called The Gospel Call. There you can watch my sermons and interviews with people where I ask for their thoughts on the afterlife. I go through the good person test and even talk about the wonderful plan of salvation, like how Jesus paid for all our sins. Yeah, that one. I also have a TikTok channel at The Gospel Call No Spaces and Instagram, also The Gospel Call No Spaces. So thank you very much for checking out my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. Northeast, ooh, Norcovichus, you can't even want something that isn't yours. Nor drunkards, ooh, nor revilers, yikes. Nor extortioners, oh great, that's every politician. Shall inherit the kingdom of God. Great, now everyone's going to hell. Can you believe that? Oh, I totally forgot. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Oh, that makes sense. Every single Christian out there watching this right now, you need to preach this to people. That's why Jesus died. Shalom and welcome to the TGC videocast. Today I will be talking about whether or not there truly is a hell, a place called hell. Now, it is certainly not an easy topic. Most of these haven't necessarily been, been but always remember that these are apologetics for Christians, for evangelizing. So stuff to tell people when you're evangelizing, because sometimes what the Bible says can either be confusing or it's just really difficult for that person to explain these things to them in the correct manner. And of course, I always give some Bible verses to just either further my point or strengthen my point. Let's get into it. Now, we had already talked about God being a judging God, right? And there being some kind of judgment day. And it only makes sense, right? If there's evil in the world, that evil has to be judged if there's a God who is truly good. So a place called hell is purely that place of punishment. And even then, most people don't actually know what hell really is. We say it's a place of burning and lake of fire and all of that, but that's not hell. Uh, that's actually the lake of fire, which is after hell. At least from my understanding, the way the Bible talks about hell is a, a holding place before the white throne judgment in the last days when Jesus begins to reign. And he does the white throne judgment and he throws all death and hell into the lake of fire. That's in Revelation. And then after the 1,000 year reign, then he defeats Satan again because Satan gets out. Don't know why the Bible just says that he he ends up getting out. Doesn't give too many details because it's way far into future. But he thro then throws him and all death and hell into the bottomless pit. So the, technically there are three stages. Hell, lake of fire, and bottomless pit. Either way, you don't want to end up there. Because the way Jesus described it was a place of everlasting fire. And where worms eat at your flesh. That is so disturbing in so many ways and not pleasant whatsoever. Anyone who actually wants someone or wants themselves to go there is not right up here and also probably a heathen. Um, I'm sorry, but if you want someone to go to hell, I don't know why you could call yourself a Christian because you've been saved from hell, right? Um, 
that's the thing I think that people get from the idea that they get from hellfire preaching is like, you want me to go there? No, I don't want you to go there. That's why I'm telling you about it, right? The most loving thing that anyone could do for anyone is tell them they're in danger and try to save them from it, right? I try to save people from danger and go out and evangelize, tell people that hell is real and that God's judgment is real and that their sin is real. And if they don't repent and trust in Christ, they'll end up in hell. So it's actually a very kind thing to do. Like It's like if you were drowning and I either tried to get help or tried to save you. But that's the thing. Technically, all these people in the world are slowly drowning. You're all, we're all going to die one day. We're all on an airplane that's eventually going to crash. Or one day we need to jump, but we need that parachute to save us. So even just the fact that we sin is proof of a hell. And I know that might sound a little weird, but if we sin and we know that that's wrong, right? We know that there is some kind of judgment day. We already talked about that. Why you can watch that video. Uh, I believe it's called why Christians can judge people. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that hell is real because of our sin. Because even just look at someone like Hitler, how unloving does God have to be to not throw him into a place like hell? You really think he's going to bring him into heaven? Like, oh yeah, I'm going to judge you. And they just bring it. Puts him in heaven. Like, where is he going to put him if there is no place called hell? I know actual born-again Christians who will say, maybe they're not born again, because they say that there is no hell. How could you be a Christian and be saved from hell if you don't believe that hell exists? That doesn't... I guess it could work, but even then, I find a lot of problems with that because... Seriously, that's the whole reason Jesus died on the cross. He he preached more on hell. You realize Jesus preached more on hell than on heaven? You know why? Because people are actually going to end up there. Because it is a real place. Now, some atheists and skeptics might bring up this argument. Well, if God's so loving, why would he create a place called hell? Why not just say... Uh, fix them or uh, just say, well, you're going to heaven anyways, right? Why not just force them into heaven against their will because then they won't burn for eternity? Well, if you think about it, hell and, and the lake of fire and the bottomless pit are all something that people want. Have you ever met someone in your entire life who doesn't want anything to do with God. Okay. When they go before God and God judges them and he says, you're going to heaven. What do you think they're going to say? No way, Jose. I don't want to go to heaven. I don't like you. I don't, you you just judged me for all my sins. Why would I want to be with you and all those people that I hate? Think about that for a second. Regardless of everything that I just said about hell, and it being a terrible place of agony, maybe it actually is a place of love because God isn't forcing these people to love him. Rather, he's giving them what they want. They're giving, he's giving them what they have desired their entire lives to be without God. 
No rules, no goodness, no righteousness, no love, no kindness, all selfishness, all pride, agony, pain. Because guess what? When you're separated from the one who literally holds good in the entire universe together, you are going to be in a place where everything feels like it's being pulled apart and you're in pain and agony and suffering because around God, it's the exact opposite. That is literally the exact opposite of God's nature. So it only makes sense. He's giving you what you want. Isn't that so kind of God? He gives us what we want. If we sin against him constantly and we desire sin, he promises to give us a reprobate mind, one that loves sin. He does it all the time. Just look at someone who's in uh, bestiality or I, I say homosexuality, but you don't get offended by that because you really shouldn't. That's stupid. You should watch my homosexuality video, which is called, if you think homosexuality is a sin, watch this. You should actually go watch that. But not only that, he gives Hitler over. He gave Hitler over to his reprobate mind. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill all these people. And he thought he was doing right. God gives us what we desire. No matter how many times we lie, no matter how many times we steal, we blaspheme God's name, we lust, and we love these things so much, we violate God's law, we break it, we tear it apart, we want that darkness. And he gives us that darkness. That's what hell is. That's what hell, lake of fire, and the bottomless pit are. They are a collection of our own sinfulness and wicked desires. All put into essentially three places. So imagine eternal darkness and then eternal flame. I don't know how those two go together because you go to separate places. I don't know. Jesus said they were eternal. I can't explain it because I'm not God. But then falling forever. No, you won't see your friends, but you will hear screaming. Jesus said on that day there will be gnashing of teeth. Why would there be gnashing of teeth? Is it because they're in pain? Why would you gnash your teeth if you're in pain? No, because you're angry at God. Think about it. If you're really, really angry at someone, you're going to be gnashing your teeth. And they give you what you want, but you hate it. You hate it. Last time I checked, burning for all eternity and having worms eat at your flesh is not pleasant at all. Why would you want that? So, of course, you're going to be angry at God. It just makes sense. So I have some verses here from Revelation 21, verse 8. But the fearful, the fearful, and the unbelieving, the unbelieving, and the abominable. We already talked what's abominable. Lying lips, prideful heart, homosexuality, bestiality. And murderers. Didn't Jesus say he who hates his brother is a murderer? Ooh, A warmonger. I actually forget what that is. I should know what that is, but I don't. Sorcerers. Wait, if Jesus said rebellion is the same as witchcraft, which is sorcery, that means if you're rebellious, you're the same as a sorcerer. And idolaters, if you create your own version of God, and all liars, whoa, will have their part in the lake of with fire burning with brimstone. 
Ooh. Which is the second death? Yikes. Liars? If you're rebellious? If you hate someone? If you're prideful? Or a homosexual? Ooh. Or if you're fearful? Fearful? I am fearful all the time when I go out evangelizing. Unbelieving? If you just don't believe in Jesus Christ and don't trust in him, well, thanks. You just set the bar really high, didn't you? Jesus was actually the one who kind of did that. But even so, actually, God did that originally with the Ten Commandments. And Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Whoa. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor abusers. And we said that adulterers, we, I talk about this all the time, where Jesus said that if you lust, you're an adulterer of the heart. So if you lust after any person, whether you're male or female, and you lust after someone to be with them, then you're in this category, nor abusers. So if you abuse someone sexually, nor homosexuals, Ugh. nor thieves, ooh, nor covetous, you can't even want something that isn't yours, nor drunkards, ooh, nor revilers, yikes, nor extortioners, oh great, that's every politician, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Great, now everyone's going to hell. Can you believe that? Oh, I totally forgot. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Oh, that makes sense. Every single Christian out there watching this right now, you need to preach this to people. That's why Jesus died. If you say that, oh, you're just preaching uh, hell and fire and brimstone and you're just going to scare them into trusting in Jesus, which isn't going to be true at all. It, people shouldn't fear. So hold on a second. If you're fearful at all or unbelieving, you're ending up in hell. So, um... Why not just give it to them straight? Just tell them, well, it's a place of lake, a lake of fire, brims, burning brimstone, and worms that eat at your flesh for all eternity. Not a very pleasant place to be. God bless you. No, we tell people that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead. This is the whole reason we evangelize. We don't just tell them, oh, Jesus came so you can have a wonderful life. No, 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 no. He came so you can have a more abundant, eternal life. And he even said that. I came, the Son of Man came into the world so that you might have eternal life. He literally said that. Because that's why he came. Because everyone's already condemned. He did not come into the world to, to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved because the world is already condemned. We're already condemned to hell. We've at least committed one of these things, which is why we need a savior. So every single time you evangelize, you better mention hell. You better tell people why they need to trust in Jesus Christ. And this is why, because hell is coming the lake of fire is coming. This fire burning with brimstone, these worms that will eat at your flesh, you will gnash your teeth for all eternity against God unless you repent and trust in Christ. That's what you need to tell them. Maybe in a more loving way, like 
please repent of your sins, trust in Christ, because I really care about you, man. I wouldn't want to see you end up in hell. Because that's the thing. I don't want to see anyone end up in hell. So when I tell people that, I really mean it. And you should mean it too. You should mean it enough to tell them. So appreciate you all listening to me, especially with my yelling voice, my preacher voice. I'm getting into that. Um, man, I watch a lot, so much Ray Comfort. So I just, I, I get on fire. But you know what? Praise God. Uh, this is the whole reason we evangelize is because there is a place called hell. Whether you believe it or not, whether you believe in the electric chair or not, it is real. It exists and it's heading for you like a train and you are utterly blind to it. So many people are. It's very sad. But you know what? Go out there. Go out there with courage, with boldness. And God bless you all. And I hope you all have a wonderful night.